This is the 7 Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Well, hello and welcome. I'm super excited to have you on with me for, for today's session. We're going to be talking all about how to maximize your, your client retention, right? We're going to be talking about Really, what do we need to do to, to make it so the clients don't stay with us for two months or three months or five months, but really that we create such a great experience and we create such a great relationship and we generate such great results that they want to stick with us long term. And that's really what we're, what we're after today. So just put long term in the chat if you're good with really thinking strategically about how do we, how do we stop focusing just on landing clients when we think about how do we, how do we build relationships and, and grow clients long-term. Okay. So a lot of you guys posting in there for me. Thank you very much. Here's what we're going to cover on today's session. We're going to talk about the number one reason clients leave and how to address it, right? If you're familiar with what the number one reason is, you can really arrange your strategy to, to solve for it. Um, I'm going to unpack the client retention model. Uh, we're going to talk about how to craft a world-class onboarding experience so that you can kick things off really, really well and really on the right foot. We're going to talk about what your reporting and communication flow should look like on a monthly basis and an ongoing basis, how to track retention rates. I'm a big believer that you can improve what you don't measure. So you need to know how to track it, and then you need to put a mechanism in place to track it on an ongoing basis so that you can actually improve it. Um, I'm also going to share with you guys what some solid retention targets would be, because sometimes it's like, okay... I have no idea. Is 100% an idea? Is 90% ideal? Like, what is the right target that we should be striving for? Um, and so that's what we're going to cover. The, the challenge, as I see it, you know, in running our agencies as it relates specifically to, to client retention, is let's face it, clients cancel, right? No matter how good we are as agency owners, um, no matter how great our pay per click strategy is or SEO strategy is or how, how nice we think we are and how great our relationships are with our, our clients. Um, from time to time, clients cancel, right? Um, and, it's, and it's painful, right? Give me a one in chat if you, you feel like destroyed when a client cancels on you. I know in the past, this has been like really painful for me. Um, one in chat, Nick, yep. <laughs> Linda, a bunch of ones. Yeah, and, and while today's session is about how do we, change the dynamic and retain the clients as long as we can. The reality is clients are going to cancel and it's part, it's kind of par for the course. But what can happen is if too many of our clients cancel, right? If we, we, we get a client, we lose a client, we get two clients, we lose one client and we're constantly like on this oscillating scale um, that impacts our revenue, but it also impacts our, our, our confidence and our ability to go out and sell. If I know me, especially if, I don't believe in what I'm doing and I don't believe in the results I can get for the client. I don't believe that what I'm doing is actually going to, to generate a, a reason for them to stick around. Um, I don't want to sell it anymore. Right. And that would can kill your confidence. It can kill your ability to grow, you know, if we don't solve for this. And the fact is, if you can't retain, you won't move forward. Right. Some of us think we can outsell. Maybe we can just outsell the churn but that's not a recipe for, for success. Because if you're, if you're following the way I teach, 
Um, and kind of like what my model is, is we want to choose one vertical, whether it's plumbing or roofing or HVAC or dentistry. We want to position ourselves as the expert in that type of business. Um, and then we want to, we want to like be the go-to player in that space. And that's great because when you start to get proven results in a vertical, you can really grow quickly, right? You can really accelerate your growth. Um, but the opposite can be true as well. Uh, in a small vertical, if you do a bad job and if you have clients canceling on you on, on a very consistent basis, you can very easily and very quickly burn your reputation in that same vertical and have the inverse outcome that you're after. So if we can't solve for this, if we can't solve for retaining the clients, getting them to stick around with us long-term, um, you're going to lose your confidence to, in, in, in your ability to sell. You're going to lose your reputation in the marketplace. Um, and you will not have a really successful business that you can, that you can build from. So I'd love to hear from you guys, especially those of you that have you know, 15 plus clients. What are some of the biggest challenges or what's the hardest part for you in client retention? Um, just in chat, or if somebody wants to unmute real quick, let's see like Anthony Romeo, I see you on here with your webcam on. What are some of your biggest challenges as it relates to retention? going to ask you to unmute. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Hey, Josh. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple of things. Price, you know, I guess sometimes people don't see the value in what we offer um, until they go shop the market and then they realize, okay, like our prices actually a lot lower than other people's. Um, I would say that's probably our biggest feat, but then also like, I guess sometimes expectation what we tell them versus what they think in their mind um, is what to be expected from the program. So yeah. I think that's another big uh, feat that we, we have to deal with. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you for sharing. No problem. Let's see. Got a couple comments in here. Uh, Roman says clients have no idea how to measure the metrics and they, they pay attention to random, you know, crazy metrics. Yeah, for sure. Um, Francisco says adoption, like them actually, doing what we're trying to help them do, giving them the amount of attention they need says RWP group. Yeah, so I mean, there's certain, there's certainly challenges. Lynn says communication is the most difficult for us in our, in our agency. So the opportunity we wanna solve for, really what we're focused on on today's session is we want clients to come on board, to be happy and to stick around for the long-term. That's really the objective. And to do that, what we need to do is kick things off on really good footing, right? If I know one thing, it's that how we come out of the gates with a new client and how we set the expectations early can have a huge impact on the long term, whether they stick around or not. Um, and we want to keep them on board with effective communication and effective uh, reporting so that they understand what we're doing, what we're up to, why they pay the dollar, and ultimately serve the clients well, get them amazing results in the short and long term, and, and really grow our business. So, so that's the opportunity we're looking to solve for today. That's where we're, that's where we're headed. And some of us, you know, if we look at the companies like Reach Local, maybe Scorpion at some level that have been really successful, um, a lot of times it feels like they're just going after the, the cash grab. They're, they're less worried about retention, more worried about let's just sell as many as we can, knowing that there's going to be this massive churn that happens at the back of the equation. And if that's the case, you might wonder, like, you know, 
is it even worth thinking about retention and client experience and um, results, or should we just focus on business development? And I would say you, you want to do both, right? I mean, obviously, you have to focus on growth. You have to focus on business development, but you can't let your delivery and your client retention strategies um, fail. Uh, this was an interesting study that was conducted by Bain & Company. Um, and what they found was that a 5% in increase in client retention can improve profits by between 25 and 95%. So just think about that for a minute. Like we spent all this money in advertising, all of this money on marketing, all this, this money on you know, client acquisition. Our profitability can be significantly altered just by getting a little bit better in our delivery, a little bit better in our, on our retention strategies. So I said at the beginning, I'm gonna talk about the number one reason that clients leave and what we need to do about it. Um, would love to hear from you guys in chat. What do you think the number one reason is a client on a retainer-based digital marketing service cancels? I, I can kind of in my head think of what I, I think, you know, what we hear often, uh, but I'll, I'll share with you guys what the answer is here in a second. So we got lack of communication, says Chris. Savannah says perceived indifference. Lynn says indifference. Uh, Anthony says performance. Keith says they never wanted success in the first place. Eric says cost, um, not meeting expectations. Good, good, good. Studies indicate that the number one reason that, that a client will leave your service is actually perceived indifference, right? Um, they're going to sign up because they believe you can generate leads and sales for them. Um, they're going to decide whether they stay, whether are you able to deliver those goods or not. But really, long term, the reason a client cancels out, moves to a different provider, is they feel like you've just become or they've just become a number to you. Uh, they feel like you or your company doesn't really care about their results anymore. You're not proactively thinking about their growth. Um, so I, want, I, I wanted to plant that seed early in today's session because uh, that's what we want to solve for. Yes, we want to solve for generating better results. Yes, we want to solve for better communication. But the number one reason they're going to leave is perceived indifference. We really want to think about how we can solve for that. And so, you know, as we dive into some of these concepts I'm going to share with you on, on retention, um, and I asked, like, what are the reasons clients are leaving? Some of you wrote... Um, Results, right? They didn't get the results. We didn't deliver our own expectations. Some of you wrote indifference. Some of you wrote service levels. And what I've found is it's really a combination of results and, and service. But right? if you think about this, yes, they're paying you a monthly retainer fee to generate results for them, for their business. And if you can't deliver the goods, like if you can't get their dollar and do what you do, whether it's SEO or pay-per-click or Facebook ads or funnels and generate a tangible measurable return on investment, you have no right retaining the business, right? So yes, you have to get the results dialed in. If your results are poor, you could do a lot of really good things, but eventually they're going to cancel. Now, the other side of that equation is, is service, Right. I used to think it was just about the results. I used to think, well, as long as their phone is ringing and there's a return on investment, I'm going to let that speak for, for me, right? I, I mean, I don't want to meet with clients every single month. I don't want to have to do like jumping through hoops and all of this other stuff, um, me and my business partner, Dean. Um, and what we found was the results were good, but because the service was poor and we weren't making ourselves available, we weren't going through the reports, we weren't explaining our value, 
clients were, were canceling. Um, and so you have to have a balance, right? You have to have the results solid, but you also have to have a great experience, great communication, great seating of the vision. Um, and if you've got both of them dialed in, that's where good, strong retention comes in. Um, so poor on either side of that, right? You could have amazing service, but bad results are going to cancel. You can have amazing results and poor service, and they're also going to cancel. Just give me a one if that makes sense. Just kind of this concept of, yes, if we can improve retention, it's going to improve profitability. And if we can understand that it's neither just results or service, it's a combination of both. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate the, the ones and the engagement. So there's a model that I've, I've kind of put together for you guys that I think helps articulate what needs to be done to truly maximize our, our client retention. So this is the client retention um, model. First of all, we want to create a world-class onboarding experience, right? At the very front, we want to make sure when that client signs up, they've given us their credit card, they've given us their faith. Um, there's lots of things we have to do to get the usernames, the passwords, to kind of kick the relationship off. And to the extent we've got a world-class onboarding experience, to the extent that that's comfortable for them, for, to the extent that that matches their expectations, it can go a long ways in terms of retention. So we want to start with that onboarding. The second is effective communication, right? Um, we want to think about what the reports look like, how we're communicating to them, what we're doing, what we're bringing to the table, and what they're actually getting in return for the investment. We want to have a great process for that. And then we want to have a structured success management process. Because as you grow, as you scale, um, it's not just you managing the relationships. Ideally, we're going to put some account managers in place and we're going to create some freedom within the business. Well, in order for that to work, you have to have good client success management protocols, which is how are we hiring account managers? How are we what are their KPIs? How can we look at our client base from a high level and make sure that it's all working and, and kind of nobody's slipping between the cracks. Did my audio just go out? Or are you guys still hearing me? Okay. Just go like, give me a, okay, Anthony, I'm okay. So as it relates to world-class onboarding, the first thing we want to do is we want to kick off with a bang and appreciation. So I'm going to, I'm going to like go deep on this with you guys, but conceptually they just agreed to this monthly retainer with you. And ideally it's a thousand dollars or more per month why not drop something physical into the mail for them to show appreciation? Why not like leverage some automation? Why not really get aggressive with the, the follow-up and follow-through process so that we can just wow them out of the gates? Um, statistics will tell us that what happens in the first week in a, in a retainer-based situation like this will have a huge impact on whether they're with us 12 months down the road. So we really want to dial in that onboarding um, you know, kickoff process. We want to make it as seamless as possible to collect the data from the client. So we want to make it really simple for them, you know, to get us their usernames, their passwords, their, um, you know, their USPs, their images, like really think about seamlessly collecting that information. Um, and then we want to engineer quick wins. Um, and by this, I mean, we want to be intentional about getting them some leads we're getting them something tangible within the first couple of weeks. Um, I'll talk more about this, but you know, as I think about 
my agency, Plumbing and HVAC SEO over the years, we were an SEO company. So our whole play was we're going to build this website. We're going to optimize it. We're going to get it ranked. And then eventually it's ranked. It's going to start to generate leads and phone calls. And the problem with that was sometimes they got ranked on maps and they got a call or two in the first couple of weeks. And that was great. But other times it was like three months in. And of course, any client getting three, four, five months in without some tangible, measurable result is going to start to squawk. They're going to start to question what they're paying for. Um, and so there are certain things we can do if we think about it right in the first couple of weeks to generate some wins that will absolutely help get us out of the onboarding process and into the ongoing relationship. So we want to think about this onboarding process. Give me a yes if that's clear, like kind of we're clear on we want to create a really great onboarding process and there's specific things we can do on that front. Awesome. From there, we want to, we want to communicate effectively. And so as it relates to communication, for me, it starts with strategic reporting and KPIs. And there's lots of things we can report. We can report analytics. We can report keyword rankings. We can report click-through data. We can report you know, all kinds of metrics. Um, but when I say strategic reporting, um, I'm going to suggest we, we kind of strip out all of the excess and we just get to the nuts and bolts of what the client wants, which is how much did I spend? How much money did I make? Right. And the, the closer you can get to, you spent the dollar, you got five, let's keep doing this, um, the better. So we really want to figure out how to get our reporting dialed in so that the client knows without a question in their mind, I'm spending money, but I'm getting a return on investment. These guys are doing a good job for us. Um, we also want to think about the meeting rhythm. Like how often should we be meeting with the client? What should those meetings be you know, comprised of? What should we be covering? Um, and really get that honed in. Because I find some agencies don't meet with the clients at all. They're like, we're just going to go radio silent. We're going to do our work. The calls are going to go to them. The leads are going to go to them. Hopefully it's all working out on the other side. Um, and then the client cancels, obviously, right? Um, so we want to think about what that meeting ritual and what that meeting process should look like and really have that hammered in to our agency. And then I think most important as it relates to effective communication is we want to see division. Outside of perceived indifference, I think the second reason a client leaves a long-term business relationship is because they don't see where you're going to take them next, right? And this happened to us a lot in our, in our agency is the clients would sign up we would do our thing. They would start to get results. They'd be happy. But in digital marketing, there's tons of competition. There's everybody and their mother that wants to sell them the next best internet marketing strategy. Um, and so they'll, they'll look at you and be like, okay, what's next? And you're like, well, I built the website and I did the thing. And now you're getting all these leads. Like, let's just let it run. Um, and when you get to that place with the client, they feel like their vision has surpassed what your vision is for them as a client. Um, so you have to always be seeding the vision on these meetings with clients. Okay, here's where we're at. Here's what we've accomplished. And here's what's coming next, right? You want to train that into your account management process where there's always some new thing that you're bringing to the table that is the reason that, yes, the results are there, but that they're going to continue to stay with you long-term. So that's the effective communication aspect. And then we want to think about success management. And this is the business side of client retention. Uh, first of all, we have to track our retention rates. 
right? I'm a big believer that, you know, what you can't measure, you can improve. Um, and I, I, if I meet with 10 agencies and I ask, like, are you tracking your, your client retention and your client trend rates? Like nine out of 10, they don't really know. They're like, okay, I'm not really tracking that. I think it's pretty good. Um, and this is fundamental, right? We want to know what the formula is. We want to have a simple tracking mechanism for it. We should be looking at it on a monthly and quarterly basis and really know without question, here's where our retention is. Is it good? Is it bad? Is there room for improvement? What can we do? So we, first of all, we want to track our retention and churn rates. Second of all, we want to have some simple KPIs, key performance indicators on, on our end, like that we can look at, like, are we meeting with the client enough? Are they, meet, are they taking our calls? Are they getting a certain number of leads enough to justify the investment? Uh, like, what are a couple of metrics you can look at for your client base to say, are we on track or are we off track? And then we also, oops, and then we want to put a traffic light system in place. And so traffic light system is taking your, your clients out of the CRM and putting them onto a, a Trello board or something like that, where you can easily see these are my green clients. These are the ones that are happy, that are getting good results. These are my yellow clients that maybe the results aren't quite there. Or they're kind of ghosting us. And these are my red clients. These are the ones that have you know, either said they're angry, said they're looking at other competition, requested usernames and passwords from somebody, um, maybe aren't getting good results on paper. We want to we make sure we can visualize where our client base sits so we can focus on the ones that need the most attention. So, I mean, we're going to go deep into this, but from a model perspective, we want world-class onboarding, we want effective communication, and we want the right success management protocols so that we can really grow and scale our operation while still maintaining high-quality client retention. So, I put together a simple workbook for you guys. Ed, if you can drop this into the chat for us, um, this will just help you track along. You can go to sevenfigureagency.com slash retention dash workbook. It opens up a Google Doc. Um, again, this will just help you track along for today's session. So as it, as it relates to that model, onboarding, client communication, success, management, what in your business needs the most help? Like just kind of put that into the chat or think about that for a minute. I would love to hear from a couple of you guys. What, what is the area that needs the most attention on your end? Majid says he needs to get a recording of this to share with the team. Absolutely. I'll make sure that you guys get a, a recording. Um, getting and closing prospects, says Ronald. Um, so this webinar is all about client retention. So yeah, I've got lots of training that talks about how to land clients. This isn't it, right? This is a little bit you know, more advanced um, training. Um, Victor says SOP, so statements of procedure. As you, I mean, as you guys think about it, I'd love to hear like, what is it? Is it the communication aspect? Is it the onboarding aspect? Josh says success management and the communication side of the equation. Ronald says dealing with clients that have been with us for years and see the grass greener on the other side. Yeah, that's, that's a very real situation. Apostolos, great to see you, man, from, from Greece on here. Um, onboarding, uh, putting systems in, in place to, to keep tabs on the clients and see what's going on, says Fran Francisco. Julia asked if the workbook got dropped. If somebody could drop that link in for me, Arnaldo or Ed or 
somebody that has opened it. Let me go back. My team might have stepped away. There you go. Obina, you're the man. Simona, thank you very much. All right, the link is there. You guys can grab it. Again, that's really just to help you track along. Um, we won't be like doing a lot of workshop type stuff today. Oops. Session. Okay, so let's get into it, right? We've talked about the model. We've talked about the high level. Now let's get into the specific applications of this. So we talked about world-class onboarding and wanting to make sure that we come out of the gates strong. Uh, what I'm going to recommend is we want to welcome with a bang and appreciation. So what that means is we, they signed up for $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 a month retainer fee. Um, almost every agency on the market basically either has them fill out a credit card authorization form or they take it over the phone and they get an email of some sort that goes out. Okay, here's your onboard form. And maybe there's a launch call that happens after that. You can stand out significantly if you send them a thank you note in the mail, you drop them a welcome basket, you have a custom box built that you can send to the mail to say, welcome aboard, you've made the right choice, you're in great hands. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys, just kind of bake that into your process, something to show appreciation, like within the first week that they get physically in the mail. A digital gift card is completely different than a welcome basket that has like goodies inside of it. Um, very rarely today do we receive things physically in the mail and it goes in extremely long ways. So think about adding that to the process. Uh, number two is we want to make sure that we capture all of the details in a, in a seamless fashion. Um, I don't know about you, but in our case, we've got a lot of stuff we need to get. We need access to the domain. We need access to the Google My Business. We need to know what their correct name, address, phone number is. We need pictures of them, pictures of their team, pictures of their trucks. Uh, we need to understand what their unique selling proposition is. Um, and, you know, there's, there's only a handful of ways that we can get that. We can send them a Google Doc. We can get on the phone with them live. We can send them a web form. Um, what you want to think about and what you want to make sure that you do is that you make it as seamless as possible. So they don't feel like they're spending two hours filling out a, a cumbersome form. They don't feel like they're jumping through tons and tons of hoops. Um, and so what I'm going to recommend is a simple multi-step form um, followed by a live conversation. Um, I think the big mistake a lot of agencies make is they just want to send the form and leave it on the client where there should be a combination of the two. We want to make it as easy as possible so that we take the weight off of their shoulders and put it on ours and on our team. Oops. The other thing we want to do is we want to map out the first week, like experientially, what does the first week look like? What, how, what emails do they get? What calls do they get? What text messages do they get? What do they get in the mail? And then we want to do that for the first 30 days. And we want to do that for the first 90 days. Um, and we want to think about the touch points. We want to think about the communication. We want to think about what that experience feels like. Um, how many of you guys have read the E-Myth Revisited? Just give me a one, I'm sure, or just type E-Myth in the chat if you've read the E-Myth Revisited. I know a lot of us have. It's, it's one of those fundamental, amazing books. Landon says E-Myth. Yeah. If you haven't read it, I do recommend you go check it out by Michael E. Gerber. 
Um, great book, but there's a, there's a specific story in, in the book where he talks about this hotel operator. Um, and this hotel operator has choreographed an experience where when you walk in, they know your name. And then when you go to your room, they've got it like, like all set up with your stuff and it's lit. Um, and the owner of that hotel spent a lot of time thinking through every single step of not just like their process, but the experience from the customer's point of view. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is just get really intentional about what that experience feels like for your, for your customers and for your clients. And then we want to engineer those, those quick wins. When we think about whatever it is, if you do Facebook ads, if you do SEO, if you do website development with SEO, whatever it is, we want to think about how we can give them a tangible win in the first couple of weeks, right? If you're in a place where you're going 60 to 90 days, days we're planting seeds, don't worry, it's going to, it's going to generate results eventually. Um, that's going to open the door to lots of churn. Uh, but if you can engineer like, hey, look, we're going to get a lead or two within the first couple of weeks. We're going to set specific things up that they get to feel and touch early. Um, we can engineer a process where they're excited. They see what's happening next. They're seeing the activity um, and they're more likely to stick around for the long term. Um, and number five is we want to communicate every step of the way. Um, some of us have really good onboarding processes. Like we got these long checklists, either in teamwork or in ClickUp or something like that. And we land the client, we get the access and we go to work, right? But sometimes when we go to work, if we're not checking in with the client and telling them, hey, we just did this. Hey, we just did that. Hey, here's something we updated. What do they feel like? That's right. They feel like you kind of, you ghosted them. Like you just went radio silent. Um, and if they get that feeling, especially in the first 30 to 60 days, they're extremely high probability to lose confidence and cancel. So think about the little things that you do for your clients. Like say you set up a call tracking number. Let's say you set up a landing page. Let's say you design a, a comp for their site. You order some content. There's no reason you can't send that to them and let them know along the way. Um, and when you do that, you go from ghosting them to like, almost where they feel like this is over-communication. It's a little obnoxious. I'm excited about this guy, but wow, either their account management or, or their team is just so, they're sending me so much. Um, I much prefer to see you on that side of the spectrum than the, they went radio silent on me. Give me a one in the comments if, if this is making sense and we're kind of clear on these, uh, these five keys for the onboarding process. Excellent. So let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's get to work on kind of how this works and how we can get this set up. So we want to map out that first seven days, right? We want to map out the first 30 days, the first 90 days. Ideally, ultimately, we want to map out the experience ongoing. So we, we've thought about what the touch points are. We thought about what the communication looks like. What we do with our, our seven-figure agency members um, is we, we actually go through an exercise where we map this out step by step. Um, what I want to do in today's call is just kind of give you high level what our communication flow and process looks like. That way you can think about what you want to integrate into your initial seven days, 30 days, 90 days. The first thing is we want a personal thank you. So they signed up. 
they gave the credit card to you, the salesperson, or they answered it online on Panadoc or something. As quickly as possible, we want a authentic personal message, either via text message or email, or maybe a personal message to them on social media if you're connected on social messenger. Hey, thanks so much. I saw you guys just came on board. Really excited about working with you. Now, this has, you know, it, it has bigger ramifications if you've got a salesperson involved and it feels like the owner is now reaching out to them personally. But even if you sold the account afterwards, hey, you know, excited about having you on board as a secondary touch it is a really good play. So we want that to happen almost instantaneously. Um, right after that, we want them to get the onboard form. Um, and so whether you've got this in high level or you've got it in Zoho CRM or you get it on you know, some type of other mechanism, we want to get a form in their hands that's asking for their information, just letting them know, hey, we're going to need all of these details from you. This is a process we use to make it simple. So we want to get that into their hands, usually within the first 15 minutes, leveraging some type of automation. Uh, from there, we want to fire a welcome sequence. So there's going to be you know, manual touches you want to do, like checking in, letting them know what's going on. But there's no reason you can't have some type of automation running in tandem to your, um, to your onboarding where they're hearing from you every couple of days, even though you didn't personally write the email out and you didn't personally reach out. I think it's funny, but a lot of agencies leverage automation in their sales process. Really heavy, right? Give me a one if you're using some automation um, you know, to schedule appointments and to remind people about their appointments and to invite people to things and kind of remain top of mind. Yeah, lots of us. But most agencies don't leverage that same kind of automation for their client base. And there's no reason not to, right? You could, if you think about it, you could engineer in advance a sequence of 30 days worth of non-obtrusive messages. Hey, excited to have you on board. Here's the process. Here's what you can expect. Hey, by the way, we just set this up for you. And, um, you know, we want you to share your documents into this folder. Um, hey, I wanted to let you know, in addition to myself, I've got these 30 team members and here's who they are and here's what they do. Um, hey, you know, as part of our process, we're going to need to know who your top competitors are. I know you entered that into the onboard form, but I find some clients need some more time to think about it. So I wanted to shoot you a message. Reply back if you could with just your top five competitors, right? And you could just sequence that type of communication out. Um, and then they really feel like, wow, in addition to what you're actually doing manually, in addition to that, you've got these touches going, they really can't help but feel like you're really on top of the ball. And so we want to create an automatic sequence like that for new clients as they come on board. Um, obviously, we want to have a, a formalized launch call, a launch process where we're on either Zoom like this with the client, ideally on Zoom like this with the client, or we're calling with them. And it's not just about usernames and passwords, but it's getting to know them, setting the expectations, reselling the experience and what we're up to and where we're going with the relationship, um, gathering the usernames and passwords. Um, oftentimes, seeding what we need them to do on their end, uh, you know, getting us pictures, maybe, um, you know, rating outcomes of leads and calls, meeting with us on the monthly basis, giving us feedback as we check in along the way. If we, if we engineer all of that into our launch process, we can really, really um, tighten up long-term expectations, but 
impress them because so few companies have taken the time to engineer a thoughtful and meaningful onboarding process. Um, for us, like we're looking at about the first week here, we want to drop a gift basket. So like we order from a service called um, Gourmet Gift Baskets. We usually spend about $75 every time a new client comes on and they get a nice gift basket with cookies and crackers and it's welcome aboard. We're so excited you decided to do business with us. It's going to be awesome, right? Um, and I just want to hear from you in, in comments. If you signed up for an agency and they dropped the welcome basket and they had this welcome sequence and they, and they had this great onboard process, give me a yes if you feel like you'd be pretty impressed. You'd be like, okay, we're, we're in good hands. Like this is a company that's paying attention to the details um, and, 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 you know, confident, like confident we're, we're in the right place. So a lot of you are putting yes. Give me a one if you can do this stuff. Right. If like just putting these little elements in place, you can do it and it will absolutely improve your long term retention. Excellent. OK, good, good. So let's say that's our that's our first week. We also want to engineer. We want to engineer kind of experientially what's happening on their end and where we're at. So for us, the next thing that usually happens is we launch their pay-per-click campaign. Um, we're doing an SEO strategy. We're building out their website. We're, you know, we're trying to get them ranked organically, but we do want to do something right away that's going to get the phone ringing. Um, and so our, our core program includes pay-per-click. And so before the website launches, we used to wait until the website was done. We used to wait until like everything was finished before we did pay-per-click. And of course, that leads to a massive delay in them getting leads and calls. So we moved to just setting up a simple set of landing pages launching a very like a basic pay-per-click campaign as quickly as possible so that we can start to drive some traffic and drive some calls. If we can get them a lead within the first two weeks or two, they're starting to feel like, hey, look, experientially, this is great. And I'm already starting to see the fruits of their effort. So whether it's launching their pay-per-click campaign, turning on their Facebook ads, doing a database reactivation campaign, we want to engineer a win sometime within that first two weeks. Um, for us, we know there's tools that we set up. We, we set up review tracking for them. Uh, we use a tool called BirdEye. So we set that up and we don't just set it up. We set it up and let them know, hey, we set you up on this. It's got a, like a full track of all of the online reviews that you have going forward. You're going to get an alert every time someone, someone writes a review. Anytime someone writes a negative review, we're going to be the ones to catch that and help you kind of troubleshoot it and respond. Um, it's not a financial win, but it's a it's an outcome they get excited about. So think about those types of things you implement for your clients. Um, and don't just go set up the username and password and activate it. Think about how you can make an experience out of it for the client so they feel the impact of it and they know about it. By the time the second week is over, we're building a new website for the client. We want to have the design comp in their hands. So that's the, the design of the homepage and the internal page for their approval. Um, again, a lot of this came from trial and error. Long, a long time, we would just build the website on the fly. We'd get into WordPress and start building. Um, and sometimes it was good. Other times, you know, they didn't like the site and they're upset and it didn't look the way they expected. They had a different expectation in their mind. Um, and so we moved to just designing a, a PSD comp, showing it to them, getting the approval, um, and then building off of that just helped us with some of the rebuild, redesign work that we had to do. Um, 
From there, we review some of the tools. So I put review tools, but like at this point, we set clients up on Nearby Now. We set them up on call tracking. We set them up on a lot of different things. And so we have a special meeting with them to review the tools that we're setting up. So they understand that they're there. They understand why they're there. They understand how they interact with them. Um, and it's another place of communication. We're like, wow, within the first couple of weeks, I see a lot of activity coming from this agency. I feel really good about where things are headed. Um, and then within the first six weeks, we launch the website. So probably within the first six to eight weeks, their new site is launched. Um, and then of course it goes into optimization and getting it ranked and, and everything else. Um, but hopefully as I walk through this, you get some ideas that fire that say, hey, maybe I could drop a welcome basket in the mail. Maybe I could be a little bit more assertive with my communication. Maybe I could be a little bit more intentional with creating wins uh, for the client and getting them something that, that they can really sink their, their teeth into. So some visuals on this, just as a, as a point of reference, a personal message from me goes out, hey, wanted to send a quick note. Thank you for your business. We're excited to have you on board. Look forward to working to take your um, marketing efforts to the next level. Um, I will usually also have my, uh, my, my team reach out to them on social media as me with a quick personal message. Hey, welcome aboard. Super excited about working with you. Um, don't just use email. I guess that's the point I want to hammer home. People are more apt to see a text message and a Facebook message or a LinkedIn message than they are an email. So they're expecting an automatic email. They would not be expecting a Facebook message to come from you um, as the owner. Uh, this is what the onboard form that we use looks like. There's a video, welcome aboard, we're so excited. You know, here's what we're gonna do. Next thing we need you to do is fill out this onboard form below, enter your company details, and we'll kick, kick, the, uh, kick things off. Um, you can't see the whole thing, but it is multi-step form. So it captures little pieces of information along the way. Uh, we do this in a high level. You, you, know, you could use any variety of survey platforms to do something similar. You just want to make sure that you're making it easy to capture those details. Um, a lot of automation happens once that's filled out. Um, confirmation uh, sends them an email to send out a welcome box. All kinds of you know, cool little triggers happen. Um, and what's awesome is we've built this for our seven-figure agency members where we, we give them this snapshot to their high-level users where they can pull it right in and have all of this stuff kind of right out of the, right out of the box. Um, once it's submitted, it says, thanks for submitting your details. Let's schedule your onboard call if it's not already booked. Um, and we've got a page like this for each one of our account managers where they can pick a time and get that scheduled in. Um, and then that onboard um, form also triggers the new client welcome sequence, which is like that series of emails I was talking about where we're saying, hey, we set up this welcome box for you. Hey, this is our process and what you can expect in the next 90 days. Um, here's our account management team that's going to be working with you. Um, here's our mantra, all 10. Like we want every client to give us a 10 out of 10 um, on, on their experience. Here's a quick tour of our operation in the different departments. Uh, hey, by the way, in order to really work this well, we're going to need some photos from you. Here's some pictures we get from all of our clients. And you can see these are spaced out, you know, every other day, every three days or so. Um, and it's just things you would normally ask for anyways, but it gives you the ability to, to really dial that out um, in advance. Um, I'd like some feedback because this, like, this is the first time I'm sharing this information um, kind of publicly like this. And in this way, 
Um, give me a one if I'm getting too into the weeds. Give me a two if this is helpful and you're like, okay, I like seeing the specifics and kind of thinking through. Okay, good. I'm getting two, so so uh, that's that's good news. Awesome. Okay. So so yeah, I mean, you can create a sequence like this. We did it for years in Infusionsoft. Um, at this point, this is I, I should update screenshots. It doesn't look as cool um, in in high level. So all these messages come out of high level. And what's cool is we can mix it up between email, um, between you know uh, text message every now and then, um, and tasks that have to be done by by the team. Um, so you know you want a, a sequence like that. And then we send out a, a welcome box, which is is a custom designed box that's got tchotchkes in it and things like that. So if you think about it, they've signed up, they've met their account manager, they've gotten this onboard form with a video on it that's very professional. They received a welcome box. I mean, a, um, they, reached, uh, they, they received a, uh, a gift basket. Um, by about the second week, they get this custom box and it's branded. And like some people like branded stuff, some people don't, but it just creates this professional experience. Like, wow, man. I, I mean, I, I have not seen any other agency do this from the client perspective. And so they're like, wow, this is super impressive. Um, and so we send them a little mug and a squeeze ball and kind of things you would potentially give out at a, um, at a trade show, custom plumber SEO shirt, a little binder. Um, we invest about $75 in this box and we get it shipped out. Um, this is another cool thing we do for our members. Um, we have a swipe and deploy new client onboard box. So like the design of the box, all of the materials down to like the exact links on where to get it. Um, we give this to our seven figure agency coaching and mentorship clients. Um, and then we've got our, our launch call. So that, that conversation that we either have or our account manager has, we want to have a great thought out document. And so we, we call it our new client launch call. Um, it's about eight pages, but it just guides you through the key information you want to gather um, and it's really important on this. Some of it they're going to submit right through the form. Others of it, people get stuck, like especially if it relates like to their domain or maybe access to their Google My Business. And if you don't hop on the phone with them and help them troubleshoot that, it can delay the process by weeks, if not months. And so you want to train your team that like, this is the, the flow of this conversation. This is the objective. These are the things you want to get. And you want to try and troubleshoot as much as possible in this initial conversation so that the client isn't going to get delayed trying to get the stuff into you. Um, and so there's a, there's a couple, there's a little picture of our welcome box. Um, the other thing we do, and I, I, I don't, I, this is secondary we have a launch process and then we go to ongoing account management, which means sales guy sells the client. Then the account, the, the new client launch coordinator manages the, the launch process. This is usually the launch process is the most tedious. It has the most things going on. Usernames, passwords, understanding their business, getting their website set up, getting their campaign set up, making sure they understand tracking, right? Um, and then they go from that launch coordinator to the account manager that's going to meet with them monthly and go through the reports and keep them on board. Um, and we found there was a little bit of a disconnect between that transition, right? They were happy with their sales guy and then they went to an account, a launch coordinator. And now they're with a, an account manager. Um, and so we created a little custom coffee box that we send out 
that is very unique to South Florida because we're in Miami. So it's got Cuban coffee in it and say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, Johnny, your new account manager. I'm excited about working with you. I wanted to send you this gift. Um, and there's a formal launch process as, as part of that. And if anybody's interested, the, the service we use to send out the welcome basket is this um, gourmet gift basket. It's been using them for going on 10 years now. Um, and, and it's this kind of thing, 75 bucks or so. It's not about the goodies that you get. It's just different that you're dropping something physical in the mail that they haven't really experienced in a lot of cases with other people that they've chosen to do business with. Uh, so this will make you stand out differently and uniquely and make you more sticky at the beginning of the business relationship. So this is onboarding, right? We want to dial in the onboard process. We want to set up the new client capture form. We want to flesh out the onboard script so that it's really clean. It's really clear. It sets expectations. Uh, we want to think about how we can engineer quick wins. We want to send out that welcome gift, whether it's the gift or the welcome box or both. Um, we want to roll out an onboarding sequence that sets expectations, that kind of automates some of that communication early to create that sense of really, really over-communicating. Um, and we want to be sure that we're also communicating every step of the way. There's certain things we can do through automation. There's certain things that require a manual email, require a manual call. So you want to make sure that you or your team is, is communicating as new things are set up for the client in addition to the automation. Don't hide behind the automation. Don't hide behind technology. Pick up the phone, get on Zoom, have real conversations. Um, this, I promise you, will create a world-class onboarding experience that really sets the tone out of the gates with the clients. So that's kind of big block number one, onboarding. What were some of your takeaways? And more importantly, what will you implement as it relates to this onboarding process? I'm going to give you a minute to think about it and either unmute yourself and kind of share. I'd love to have a couple of you share or just type it into the chat if that's more uh, comfortable for you. Takeaways and what you'll implement specifically to the onboarding piece of the equation. James, great to have you on here, man. He says, welcome gifts, automating the in, uh, initiation emails. Awesome. Getting intentional about what the client experiences and feels. Keith, awesome. Jeremy, onboarding the, automating the onboard process. Victor, auto, uh, onboarding and gifts. Physical, I like that. Somebody mentioned a physical element that was RPW, getting physical, right? Getting the physical thing in the mail as opposed to just sending emails and things like that. Good. All right, so we thought about onboarding. We thought about creating that world-class experience. The next is we want to we like really be effective with our ongoing communication with the clients. And again, I asked this earlier, but I, I want to make sure you're all listening. What's the number one reason that a client leaves? Give, give me in chat. Number one reason clients leave. Perceived indifference. Yep. Perceived indifference. They feel like even if you do care, even if you, you know, really like know them, care about them, want them to win, if they feel like you don't care, that's the number one reason that they're going to leave. So we want to make sure in this, in this communication process, especially on the ongoing after they're through launch, is 
Yes, we have to get them the results. That's mission critical. That's kind of the bare expectation. But we also want to make them feel pursued. We want them to feel loved. We want them to feel cared for. Seriously, that's what we want to be doing in this client retention process. So I, to me, that starts with the reports. It starts with like, what are we showing the client that we're doing on a consistent basis? Um, and I want you just to think about this because I'm going to share kind of what we do reporting wise. But I want you to think about why did they hire you? What are their desired outcomes? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? And do they really care about the technical mumbo jumble? Do they care about how many links? Do they care about um, all of that stuff, right? Like, or do they, you know, what is it that they're really, really after? And put in, put in the comments for those of you that have had a chance to think about it. Victor says it sounds biblical, pursued, loved, and cared for. So to me, what they, what they care about, what they're after is how much did I spend? How many leads did I generate? And what's my ROI, right? I used to meet with the clients every month and I would go over their analytics. I would have a 17 page um, keyword report that showed the rankings for everything. I'd have a, a list of all the activities and the blog posts. Um, and they really didn't care, right? They know that your responsibility is to do certain things. And some of them do want to get into the details, but for the most part, they just want to know how much did I spend? How many leads did I generate? Did I get return on investment? If there's a return on investment, let's keep going. If there's not, what are you doing to change so that it can get where I need it to go? Um, otherwise, just keep pressing forward. So in a lot of cases, Less of the right kind of KPIs, less of the right kind of reporting is more. It's more in terms of how the client feels about you. It's more in terms of the, the actual retention rate with the clients. So this is what our report looks like today. Um, and you can do this. Uh, we use NinjaCat for this, but you can do something similar in Google Data Studio. You could do something similar in um, Agency Analytics. We went from like tons and tons and tons of metrics to how much did you spend? $5,671 management fees and pay-per-click and all of that stuff. How many leads did we track for you? And that's like tracking their phone calls and their web forms and stuff. And then what's your average cost per lead? $11.27, right? This for Nixco Plumbing is a slam dunk and he's super happy, right? He's a plumbing company in Mason, Ohio. 167 from organic, 100 from pay-per-click. 221 from Google Maps, 16 from Webforms for 503 leads. When you can show your clients metrics like this, they care less about all of the data. And yes, you should be doing work and you should have activity. And you should be able to show them what you're doing. But the bottom line is what they want is the outcomes. Yeah, this is a monthly. This is a monthly report. Um, they average about 500 to 600 on any given month. Um, and then what we do is we help them quantify the, the projected return on investment. Um, so 500 leads at an 85% close rate would be 428 qualified leads, 428 qualified leads and an 85% sale rate in the field. And they give us these numbers and we, we plug them in formulaically. That'd be 363 book jobs, 363 books jobs with 75% of your technicians converting in the field, 273 actual closed jobs. 
273 closed jobs with a $450 average transaction value gives us 122K. 122K on your $5,671 investment is a 21 time ROI. And so if you're next go plumbing and you can clearly see a 20, 21 time ROI based on these metrics, it is a perfect no, but it gives you an idea. You feel pretty good about the money you spent, the results that you're getting, and where it is that we're headed next within the, the business relationship. Now, I understand this format doesn't work for all of us because we're all in different verticals and different niches, but the concept of simplifying it, getting it to the key thing they want to know, how much did I spend, how many leads did I generate, can have massive ramifications in terms of your retention rates. Give me a yes in the comments if that makes sense. Um, if you feel like you can model something similar and maybe take some of the excess out of the equation in terms of your reporting. Awesome. Good, good, good. So for me, strategic reporting means we're going to lead with the key performance indicators, right? Which is what those leads are and, and kind of what the results are. But we also want to have the data as well, right? We should be running a ranking report. We should have Google Analytics. We should have the Google Ads and Facebook data if we're doing that for them. But we don't have to cover that with them every month. We definitely don't need that to go to them automatically in a monthly report. We should just have it in the event that they're like, hey, you know what? We want to dive into the details. We want to look at this closer. What we have is a report like this that goes out every month automatically on the ninth of the month. And then the client account manager checking in, say, hey, I want to jump on a call and review the report with you, answering your questions, and let you know what we're up to next, right? And then we know what the rest of the data is, but this is the key information that they see. Um, and that makes them feel like they're getting a good return on investment because they are, right? And, and for most of us, and I expect this to be the case for all of us, we know how to do digital marketing. We know how to make it rain for the client. We know how to generate consistent, measurable results. We just have to make sure that we're communicating in a way the client understands and perceives the value of the outcomes. Jason, is that for ad spend or all services combined website? So that we, we basically take their total spend. So that's our management fee plus whatever spend we had, that's their total investment. Um, and that's how we, we break it down. And so that's, that's the results, right? We're trying to communicate the results for the client. But the reality is that results alone don't ensure retention. We go back to that, um, that balancing act. Yeah, we have to have good results, but if the service is bad, they're going to leave anyways. Um, Heather asked, what are your strategies for differentiating organic versus paid um, on the website? So you can do this in most of the call tracking platforms. Um, you would just have a dynamic number pool where, and, and you kind of use number swapping, where if they get to the website organically, it serves one number and so we can track organic. If they get to it via paid search, you just set up the programming where it shows a different call tracking number. Um, and that how, that's how you can differentiate what came from where. And if you want more help with that, we can definitely help you walk through it. Um, but yeah, you want to be able to show your client where their calls are coming from, uh, what their return on investment is. Again, really, it's not just about the results. It's about communication. Um, and so if we think about our, our client communication process, what we ideally want to do, right, in most cases is we want to at least do one monthly review with the client every month, right? Especially if you're charging less than a thousand, maybe it's different, but if you're a thousand or more, 
just make it a benchmark that you or somebody on your team is trying to get on a Zoom session with them to review the report, to talk about the outcomes, and to paint the vision for the next 60 to 90 days, right? If I look across our, our database of seven-figure agency members and the ones that are growing consistently, the ones that have the best retention, this is what they do, right? They don't try and hide behind email automation. They don't hope that the client, no news is good news, right? Some of us, I, I've done it, right? So I can speak to it. We hope that the client's not reaching out and they didn't ask for a meeting. I don't need to meet with them. So let's just let it roll as long as we can. That's a recipe for failure, right? Just be intentional about it, commit to do it. And I'd say commit to do it via Zoom type session, right? Do it on Zoom so they can see your screen. You can have a meaningful conversation. You can see each other. Um, and when you do that, you're going to review the progress. You're going to review the rankings. You're going to review the analytics if they want to. Uh, you're going to review maybe some of the calls. You're going to discuss what you need from them, homework that you need from them. So kind of put some stuff into their court. Um, and then most importantly, like here's the game plan, right? Here's what our team is going to do over the next 30 to 90 days. Here's what we're going to be working on. Here's why we think the numbers are going to improve. Um, and that format works really, really well, right? You, shoot, you show up, you meet with them, you go through the stuff, they feel good, they see what's happening, and the, the relationship continues. Now, it's not lost on me that not every one of the clients wants to meet every single month. Um, give me a me in the comments if sometimes the client doesn't answer your phone call, doesn't respond to the request for a meeting, just doesn't show up. Just give me a me in the comments if you or your team has had it where you've got these clients, but they don't want to meet and they don't meet. Jeremy, Christian, a lot. Of, yeah, Christina. Uh, and this was this was our team for a long time. They'd say, "Hey, look, I reached out for the for the meeting. Nobody responded. Um, that you know, it's on them, right? It is what it is. I guess they don't want to meet, and so we'll just call it a day." Um, and then six months in, the client reaches out out of the blue, "Hey, um, we're canceling." We're like, "What? What happened?" Um, well, we hadn't heard from you for for a long time, and and so we've decided to go a different direction, right? No news isn't good news, right? Um, and so using that as an excuse, they didn't reach out for the meeting, isn't an option. What we've moved to and what I would encourage you to do is plan to meet with every client, touch them at least three to four times via email, text message, hey, just want to go through the reports, and then have a backup plan, which is, hey, we didn't get a chance to meet this month. I know you're busy. I wanted to shoot a quick video outlining some of the key outcomes, some of the key results, and what we're going to be working on next. Yep. Crystal said it right there. Just make a Loom video. It's not as good as a live meeting, but at least you've got a tracked interaction, right? You've got a tracked interaction. And if you've got an account management team, you know that that account manager did some due diligence, right? The last thing you want is the client didn't meet. And so they're not the squeaky wheel. And so nobody looked at their account. And so nobody made any tweaks. And so maybe something fell through the cracks or maybe something dropped. If you make it part of your process to you personally or your account managers, send a recap every month, the client can't feel indifferent because you reached out, even though they ignored you, and your account manager can't drop balls because they had to look at it. They had to record a video. Um, and then you've also got a trail of communication, right? When you send an email, when you shoot a video, when they watch it, all of that is trackable inside high level or inside whatever client management system you use. And so... You can go back and be like, look, we reached out to you four times for the appointment. We send you this recap. We feel good about what we did on our end in terms of communicating the results and the outcome. Um, and then the last thing on ongoing communication is 
remember, we want to seed the vision, right? The reason they leave is because they start to feel like the grass is greener or that they've gone as far as they can with your company. And so in those review calls, and this is a mistake our team made, a lot of times they were just reviewing last month. So last month you had this many calls and this, this, this amount of ROI and no discussion about, and you told me your goal is to go to 600 calls. And so this is what we're going to do next, right? This is what we're working on. You have to constantly be seeding that vision. Otherwise you will get churned even when you're knocking it out of the park for your clients. Give me, give me a one in the chat if this is helpful. Um, if you're tracking along with me with what we're talking about here. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, and so you do want to have an engineered monthly review call, either that you follow or that your team follows. Again, eventually we want to we want to build an account management team that uh, that would do these calls for us. Um, and so we've got what we call the ideal monthly review call, which is just the the agenda and the process, the questions, the things that we cover in sequential order that we can train our team to follow to create a consistent experience. So I'd love to hear from you guys. What, as it relates to client communication, what were some of your takeaways? What were some of your implementation ideas that you'll take back and implement in your agency? Record reviews. Yep. For the MIA clients, love that, Christina. Absolutely. See the vision in every call, says Victor. Absolutely. Good. Um, tie more to the vision and their goals and where they're headed as a company. So we talked about onboarding, right? And onboarding can take us a really long way. We get a great onboard experience. The clients feel good about it. That, that will take you a long way. Then we talked about client communication, what we're reporting, what we're doing on our communication the rhythm to create like that feeling of a lot of these guys are with me. They know what's going on. They're working, they're creating value. The next thing we want to think about is client success management and really, you know, thinking about managing client expectations from scale. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the, the account manager advantage. Uh, here's, here's the reality. You can't do this on your own. Like if your goal is to build a seven figure, multiple seven figure digital marketing agency, you, you absolutely can't do it on your own. You can't manage the relationships, grow the business, put out content, um, do the administrative work within your business. Now, what I found is as the owner of your business, doing account management, which is what we're talking about here, you usually cap out at about 10 to 15 accounts that you're serving well, right? If you're actually doing all of this stuff for it, about 15 accounts because you're still selling, you're still marketing, you're still trying to do the fulfillment potentially at some level within the business, um, you will cap out. Um, looking at our agency, which does about $375,000 a month in recurring revenue now, um, the first thing I removed myself from in the business that helped us to grow was operations. I removed myself from any of the work related to the building the website, doing the SEO, setting up the pay-per-click campaigns. First thing, remove yourself from ops. The second thing I had to remove myself from that was bottlenecking me in the business was account management, right? When you get to like, let's say 30 or so clients, if you won't remove yourself from account management, you will not continue to grow or your retention will suffer significantly. Um, oops. So you can't do it yourself. 
usually once you decide to hire a full-time account manager, you can plan for that account manager to handle between 25 and 30 accounts. Um, and you'll want to plan for every 20 clients that you get to get a new account manager to start to have that person trained, have them in place so that nobody on your team is feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. Uh, Christina asks, what's the difference between an account manager and a project manager? Good question. So an account manager, in, in my mind, kind of how we visualize it in our business, the account manager is responsible for communication with the client. So they're the QB. They're the direct point of contact with the client. So they're talking with the client, reviewing the reports, getting requests for things that they want done, um, kind of communicating that back to our team. Hey, web team, they want to do this. Hey, pay-per-click team, they want to increase that. They don't do the work. They manage the relationship and play QB with our team. Um, a project coordinator, on the other hand, would be somebody that coordinates the work for the team. So a project coordinator you know, would be overlooking what's in teamwork, what's in Basecamp, what's in ClickUp, keeping all the projects on task and on time. So hopefully that, that made sense. That's how we, we, when I say account manager, that's what I mean. Um, Philip, account managers mainly manage the sales aspect of the relationship with the client. So not in our world, we have a sales you know, team that would sell new clients. Account managers, really their main focus day in and day out is retaining the client base. Excellent. Oops. So I, I, I at this point have hired about 15 account managers, hired, trained, ramped up account management teams, um, hired and trained account management leadership. And I put together what I call the account manager advantage training. And this is something we give to our uh, coaching and mentorship members. Um, and really what it does is it maps out what the ideal compensation plan for an account manager is, like how much should you pay them? You know, where should you find them? How can you train them, recruit them? What their KPIs are? Um, and then we give our, our clients this thing called the account management excellence training portal, which is the training we put new account managers through. So they understand their job, they understand the responsibilities. Um, and what's cool is our members are then able to take that um, and either put their team right through it or modify it. Be like, okay, I see what Josh said here. I see how Josh is explaining this to his account management team um, and quickly have their own onboarding portal for new account managers. Give me a, give me a yes in chat if you think that would be helpful to have kind of as you grow and as you, as you scale. 100%. Good, good, good. Okay. So that's account management. You're not going to be able to do it yourself. You need to put account management in place as quickly as possible. The next thing is it relates to um, account management excellence is that you, you can't improve what you don't measure. And most digital marketing agencies have no idea. Like I'll say, how's your retention? Oh, retention's great. Well, okay. What's your percentage? I don't know. I don't really track that. I have no idea. So we have to know what our retention rates are. And there's a formula for this. Um, it's the number of clients at the end of the period, the number of new customers acquired during like the next period, and the number of customers that start at the end of the period. And the formula reads client retention rate equals E minus N divided by S times 100. That will give you your client retention numbers. That's not easy to follow. I know that it's confusing. Um, we have what we call a sales retention tracking sheet. This is a mechanism we put in place to kind of plot out 
where are we at right now? What's our goal? And track how many clients did we land? How many clients did we lose? And it's got the formula baked right into it. Um, and so if you want in your worksheet, I included a link to this for you. Um, I'm giving this to you guys as a free gift that you guys can use. Um, it has powerful ramifications from a growth perspective, like getting clear on how many clients you need to land per month at a certain monthly retainer fee to get to seven figures or to get to whatever your goal is. Uh, but it also is really powerful for tracking your movement as an agency and really tracking that monthly retention rate. Um, so you can grow that, grab that by going to sevenfigureagency.com slash tracking. So retention KPIs, I'll give the question like, what's a good retention rate? What am I shooting for? How do I know if I'm on track or off track? Um, I'd, I'd say in my agency, kind of looking at, at the, the spectrum of hundreds of seven-figure agency members at this point, um, you want to be shooting for 97% plus retention rate on a monthly basis. Um, if you can get to that 97% plus retention rate, you're doing well. Like, and I, there are outliers. I know people that retain at 99 plus percent, and that's that's amazing. Uh, but 97% on a monthly retainer service at $1,000 or more is a great number. Um, less than 95% or greater than 95% is still pretty pretty good. We we worked at we were we kind of fell at one point to about 93% retention um, several years ago. And as I was tracking, I was like, man, what are we what are we doing here? Um, and that's when a lot of these retention strategies that I shared today were built. It was like, oh man, we're like, we must not be communicating with the clients enough. We must not have a, a great process for that. So we put that in place and retention improves. We must not be onboarding correctly and setting proper expectations. We created the welcome box and everything else. Uh, and we were able to go from like 93% to now where we're averaging about 98% monthly retention rate. Um, and so less than 95% is a red flag. You should be like, oh, something's up. Something's not quite right. Either how we're selling it is incongruent or what we're delivering, the results aren't there. Um, less than 90%, uh, meaning you're losing like 10% of your client base every single month um, is a big, big problem. And so if that's where you're at, know that this should become a major focus of yours, whether it's your account management strategy or the, the, the actual deliverable that you bring to the, to the world. Um, if it's less than 90%, there's a, a big problem with the way that you are operating within, within your business. Um, give me a yes if that's helpful, just kind of knowing some benchmarks to shoot for from a retention perspective. Savannah says, yes, awesome. John says, gold, excellent, fantastic. Okay, so then the, the last thing is we want to have a client success tracking mechanism. Um, and this really is going to apply mostly to those of you that have account management teams and you're growing account managers and you're like kind of in that scale phase within your, your digital marketing agency. Um, we have to measure what matters. Um, and we really what we need to do is be able to keep a bird's eye pulse on what's going on with the client base. Because when you get past 50 clients, it's hard to see like which ones are doing well, which ones aren't, which ones are happy, which ones are mad. Uh, we need to put a mechanism in place to keep a bird's eye, bird's eye pulse on that. Um, so that we can get ahead of the issues. So that when that client writes in, um, hey, things are bad, or when they tell the client, hey, I'm not getting results, or when they write in, hey, I'm asking for my usernames and passwords, we see those as, as issues. We can prioritize them and, and get to work and move those clients back into a happy place. Um, we can prioritize the clients that are most at need 
and, and really, most importantly, make sure that consistent action is taking place outside of the standard deliverables that we do within our, within our business. Um, and so what we set up for our seven-figure agency members and what I really would encourage all of you guys to consider doing, um, whether it's with Trello, whether it's in um, Basecamp, whether it's in even high level, um, kind of rating your clients by green, red, and yellow. Uh, when we moved to this, it really helped me as the owner get a much clearer view of our client base. Um, and so, you know, ideally you'd have the list of your greens, like see, so these are our happy clients that are getting good results, that are um, communicating with us on a monthly basis, and that are sticking, you know, going to stick with it. We had no reason to believe these guys are going anywhere, right? And we want to know who are our greens. Um, our yellows are like those are the clients that maybe the results aren't there. They haven't shown up for the last couple of months for the review call. Something feels a little bit off, right? And then our reds are those clients that are, are frustrated that um, aren't getting results. It was clear that there's a problem in, in, in play. Um, and so if you looked at this on a, on a Trello board type system, you'd be able to see, okay, here's our new clients that need to be rated. Here's our greens, here's our yellows, here's our reds. And put a mechanism in place where your account management team, plus you or whoever's in charge of account management, is meeting on a weekly basis, looking at the clients in red and yellow, figuring out what are we going to do this week, either from a results perspective or a communication perspective, to move those clients back to a green state, right? I know for me, in the absence of having it in a board-based system like this, it was impossible for me to see what was going on, who was happy, who was unhappy. And it was just kind of like, all right, I hope we're doing well enough. When we started to get intentional in this way and really have it visible, um, we were able to take meaningful action every single week that really tightened up our, our retention. So as it relates to that, like that whole process, what were some of your key insights as it relates to hiring account managers, as it relates to the KPIs, tracking your, your retention rates, and or um, what having a, a, a tracking board-based tracking system to rate the clients? Some of the key insights and more importantly, what will you implement on that front? Visualizing customers is key, says Jared. John says using an ABC grading system, tracking the key numbers and the key metrics. Excellent. So we, we kind of came full circle here on the, on the client retention model, right? We talked about the world-class onboarding experience, the communication and the reporting that we're getting back to our clients with, um, the, the, really the success management at scale within our account management process, and like all of the elements that go into that, into that process. Um, I went ahead and put together a action plan for you guys, which is in the last page of your workbook. It talks about onboarding and the things you want to do from an onboarding perspective. It talks about communication, things you want to dial in from the communication process, and the client success management aspects of what we covered. Um, give me a helpful in the chat. If you feel like this was helpful, you took away some insights, there's some things that you can definitely leverage from this. Lisa says, helpful. He says, implementing right away. Excellent. Good. So the good news is you've got the, you've got the concepts, right? You've got the strategies that you can go back and implement. Um, for those of you that are are potentially interested in the seven-figure agency coaching and mentorship, 
which I've talked about a couple times today. Um, obviously, you know that there's a coaching and mentorship program that goes along with, with everything that I do here. Um, we unpack all of this stuff for you, swipe and deploy as members. So within onboarding, um, there's this thing called the new client on-ramp, which basically gives you the sequences. It gives you the onboard form. It gives you the welcome box, swipe and deploy, everything you need, the actual onboard call that we train our account managers to go through um, or that we did in our, ourselves and our agencies for quite some time to really make that onboard process as clean as possible. Um, on the communication side of, of things, um, we have an ideal monthly review process, which is a document as well as videos of, of like training of it, as well as videos of like actual recordings of monthly review calls. So you have an idea of how they should run um, and the account management advantage, which is exactly how to hire account managers, train account managers, place account managers, get them to a place of productivity within their business as quickly as possible. Um, if you're interested um, in learning more about seven figure agency coaching and mentorship, um, I'll open up uh, you know, a little time here at the end for those of you that are interested to, to hang out and hear about. Um, but this is what we covered, right? Today, main thing was number one, number one reason clients leave and how to address it, right? And so just in chat, you guys should all know this because I hammered it at least three times. What's the number one reason clients leave? They feel like you don't care. Perceived indifference. Yes, the correct answer, thank you very much, is perceived indifference. We looked at the account retention model. We talked about how to craft a world-class onboard experience. Uh, we looked at what onboarding and communication workflow should look like. Uh, we talked about how to track your retention rates. Um, and we, we talked about what ideal retention rate benchmarks look like. Uh, we also gave you a workbook with the key action items and key steps that you can go back and implement. Um, my goal today was whether you are interested in 7-Figure Easy Coaching or not, um, my goal was to give you value, to give you key insights that you can go back and implement. Um, I would love to get some feedback on a scale from 1 to 10, uh, 1 being terrible, 10 being this was amazing um, and useful. How would you rate it? Like on a scale from 1 to 10. All right. You got some 10s coming in. Excellent, excellent, excellent. 10 plus. Okay. That makes me feel good. Nate says 11. Keith says 10, Simon says, Simeon says 10. Awesome. Appreciate the 10s. Appreciate the feedback. Um, that is, that's a wrap for the core part of today's session. Uh, again, I mentioned for, for those of you that are interested, there is a coaching and mentorship program called Seven Figure Agency Coaching and Mastery, um, where we talk about how to land clients in depth, right? How to deliver results at a world-class level how to retain the clients that you have based on what we talked about here with all of the swipe and deploys and how to, how to scale the agency, put the systems procedure in place so you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, if you're interested in hearing about that, it's completely optional. I'm going to stick around here. I'll, I'll give you like two minutes to drop off. Um, if you're not interested, you're like, hey, I got what I needed today. I'm not interested in the, in the coaching. Now's your chance. You can close the tab. Thank you so much for being here. It was great to share. Um, if you're interested, hang around. Just stick around for like one more minute. And um, I'll, I'll walk through it with you. All right. A couple of us still here. That's great news.
All right. Okay, I will make this quick and painless. Um, if you're still on the line right now, actually, I'm going to stop the recording so there's no awkwardness with this port. Where's the stop?